the belief that there is some something, somebody I don't know, uh, in the universe that is uh, that is caring for you, that is supporting you, and that can help you, makes me uh, feel more confident. This podcast shows that Ukraine is not what foreigners see on television. Together, we will break all the stereotypes about Ukrainians so that when the flag of Ukraine is lifted anywhere in the world, everyone will know Ukraine and its unique culture because today, Ukraine has a dynamic new generation that will change the world. Hello, my name is Aziz and I have a deep connection with Ukraine. My grandfather volunteered in 1987 to help liquidate the Chernobyl chemical radiation because he believed in humanity. He was a real hero for me, and even though he struggled with cancer after that for the rest of his life, he always told me many great things about Ukraine and its people. Then, from 2018 to 2019, for two years, I began working with UNICEF in Ukraine to help build orphanages for Ukrainian children. And thank you all so much for the support. More than 190 people participated in this project for Ukraine, from the vice president of the Helen Marlin Group, to the vice chancellor of the UGCC Church, to the president of the Erasmus Student Network Kiev, to the president of the World Trade Center Kiev, to students from the FLEX program, Ukraine Global Scholars, Yale University, Harvard, and the London School of Economics, to the United Nations, to interns at the Ukrainian Parliament and at the Canadian Parliament, the top 1% students in Ukraine. But not only them. This project is for all Ukrainians from all backgrounds. So if you wish to participate, send me a message on Instagram, aziz.future, and join the Telegram channel, Kiev Future. My goal is to make interviews with hundreds of Ukrainians, and the world is listening. This podcast is already top 50 in the United Kingdom, France, Switzerland, and Monaco, top 25 in Austria, Germany, Canada, Russia, and Poland, top 15 in Australia, Italy, Spain, and Dubai, and top 10 in Norway, Sweden, the Netherlands, South Korea, Singapore, and many other places, because this is now officially the number one podcast on Apple about Ukraine. Together, we will break the stereotypes. Together, we will help all other countries discover and respect the greatness of Ukrainian people, and this good reputation will support the development of Ukraine creating more opportunities for every Ukrainian to have a better life. So let's begin. My guest today is Alika Gugnina. Alika is a 16 years old from Odessa, who is a master of sports of international class in ballroom dancing, a champion of Ukraine in ballroom dancing, an active English and French learner, and Ian Jean 
program volunteer and a prize winner in more than 15 student Olympiads in various subjects starting from the district level to the regional level. She also loves kite surfing and skiing, piano playing, and dancing salsa in her leisure time. Alika, how are you today? Hi, Aziz. I'm great. Thanks for asking. I'm excited, happy, and ready to begin this conversation. And I want to move into a more emotional direction. So, Alika, when you really, really want to feel alive, to recharge yourself fully in order to do all the great things and projects you're involved with and goals, what is something that you like to do? Uh, well, that's a great question because uh, I think that you realize that I really have lots of things to do every time. So sometimes I, quil- I feel quite overwhelmed and all the things I have to do, they like push me. And which is why it's really important to uh, recharge and feel the positive energy and find the activity that will help you to find this positive energy on a daily basis. I feel like I'm quite a lucky person uh, because I found this activity in dancing, which is also a sort of work for me. So I mix them up all together and I really feel this positive energy during dancing, during making art from yourself, from your body, with the help of your body, from uh, communicating with your partner, from sharing this positive energy with him or her, if it's a girl, and like during salsa dancing. Um, So yeah, it's like it. Thank you. And that sounds wonderful. And you're speaking in a very embodied, but also with a little bit of a visual way. So I'm curious about that. But if I heard you correctly, you're doing a lot of things. Sometimes you feel overwhelmed, but you're lucky that you have the activity of dancing, which is both work and recharging for you, where you can make art and create art with your body, where you can feel your partner and exchange energy and communication with them, and where you can have moments of using your body and being present in the moment that lets you forget everything and connect to a source that fills you back with the energy. Did I understand correctly? Yes, you did. And to begin testing for visual, because I noticed the embodiment, which is high in you, which is not unexpected, but do you like any kind of art? Are you really good at visually and vividly imagining things or just okay? Yeah. So speaking about art, I don't want to sound super like self-confident, over self-confident, but I think that for now I am better in art than I was. Um, I want to precise that I'm just talking about the specific uh, direction of art. It's dancing, uh, because unfortunately, I'm not quite good in singing or, I don't know, drawing, etc. But speaking about dance, I feel like I'm better in it than I was, 
because I found the way I can transmit uh, the emotions I feel to the audience uh, that is watching my dance. Uh, and Tell me more. How do you transmit the emotion? Do you on purpose change or increase your emotion and amplify it first? And what did you learn that you didn't know before that made it possible to transmit this emotion? Uh, the biggest fear of a dancer would be not to, uh, not to transmit the emotions to the audience. And uh, the main factor that can influence um, this process uh, would be your um, like lack of confidence in yourself. So the main thing you should do uh, while dancing, while going on the dancing floor, while standing on it, looking on, on the audience, etc., cetera, um, is to feel confidence and to trust the world at this time. You should be sort of open-minded, but you should realize that nobody's going to judge you. And even though sometimes people do judge you because, well, you're competing with other uh, partners and uh, dancers and like couples and stuff, you should always trust the audience and try to convey the idea that you are real and you are trying to transmit this reality, your reality to people. And only if you uh, achieve success in this, if you will, if you'll show people that uh, you are confident enough to like dance out loud, not to say out loud, but to dance out loud your reality and your way of your interpretation of some movements and stuff, they'll trust your dancing, trust your reality, and therefore help you transmit them your emotions. I love that. That was really beautiful. And so it's about confidence. And confidence is in trusting that you are real and trusting and sharing your reality with the audience and being authentic and your own interpretation and expression. And when the audience notices how real you are, they will help you in transmitting the emotion to them, correct? Mm -hmm. And what is confidence then, if you are to explain it specifically, because you explained how to be real, your own interpretation, etc. Is confidence trust? Is confidence being real? Is it something else? Uh, well, I feel like confidence is a mixture of all those things you've just mentioned. Uh, since for me, first things first, confidence is about not being uh, afraid of, main, of making mistakes. It's about accepting yourself even though you're imperfect, like all of us are. And it's probably the... Mm, the way you let yourself uh, make a mistake. Thank you. So it's letting yourself making a mistake, accept yourself the way you are, and understanding that mistakes are part of the process and of being a human being, right? Mm -hmm. And you said you are better now. So 
did you before have different beliefs or you worried about mistakes or you had something that before didn't allow you to be as good of a dancer as you are now? I'm afraid, yes, it's a completely, it's a complete true. Uh, because before I didn't believe that I can be imperfect. I haven't accepted any imperfections in myself at all. And when somebody tried to tell me that uh, there are no ideal people, I didn't believe them. I thought that they are joking or they are pretending or like they are not just strong enough to be ideal. And uh, this, and I was uh, 100% sure that this is not my case. And I will be like the first person who will be ideal, who will be successful in no matter what I, I start doing, etc. So, yeah, my beliefs were sort of childish, slightly, and naive. But I did try my best during a quite long period of time. But this um, beliefs about ideal that I should achieve didn't let me uh, feel free in what I was doing. Like if we're talking about, specifically talking about dance, I didn't feel the freedom of my movements, of my character, of my nature. I thought that my imperfect nature should be uh, modified first. Uh, and therefore, I started over-controlling my movements, uh, which looked like a uh, limitation for my freedom, which is why... And I got rid of that for now. So I feel like for now, I'm dancing better. I'm feeling myself. I feel myself better in what I'm doing. Thank you. So if I understood you correctly, you had somewhat naive and childish beliefs before that you will be an ideal person and that your focus is to get rid of your imperfection. And this led you to over-control all movements in your dancing, which didn't allow you to be real and for the audience to see your realness and open to feel those emotions. But when you accepted that mistakes are okay and part of the process, you found freedom and that freedom allowed you to enjoy dance, to be more real and to communicate more of the deep emotions in a deep way to the audience, correct? Mm -hmm. And what other parts of your life maybe you're still controlling? Um, yeah, of course, I do still control everything that, everything that is related to education because in this part of my life, everything is completely opposite to dancing. Uh, in dance, you should feel uh, like freedom, enjoyment, something like that. Whereas during your studying routine, um, you should be more like concentrated and self-disciplined. And um, this makes me control uh, like my time, scheduling it all the time and um, the way I spend my time 
when it comes to education. Thank you. And again, tell me though about dance. Did you love it as much before you began being free or only when you found freedom, it became a source of you recharging your energy? Well, I've always loved dancing, but before uh, it was more like a chore than a than an activity that can give me enjoyment or fulfillment, both like physical or mental. Um, you know, once I found myself thinking that I actually do not know what I truly love because there are so much, so many things I should accomplish uh, and do and control on the daily basis that I actually do spend uh, lots of my time doing things that I have to, not because I want to, but I I need to do. Uh, and unfortunately, dances were one of those things that were uh, that I conceived more like a chore than an exciting part of my life. And for now, uh, I don't want to idealize dancing since it still is a great work and physical efforts. Uh, are required in order to succeed in this activity. But nothing is possible without the sense of freedom, of music, of emotions. And yeah, I feel like for now, dancing are more uh, an activity of my soul than of my mind. Thank you. I love how you said that, an activity of your soul not of your mind, and to explore your highly embodied way of being. You're not, you said you're not good at drawing, etc., and therefore the visual ability isn't as strong as the embodied. So to ask you, how do you learn language? Because actually you probably have your own special way, even if you don't notice it, that maybe you feel the language, you feel the words, you feel how it flows or how do you learn it but how do you learn languages in your own way mm -hmm. uh, so um, uh, there were two different directions when i learned english and french let's start from english first uh, it started in my childhood and i was learning it at school and then continued up to 11th grade um and there were no specific uh, like specific activities or specific methods I used during learning this language. I just I just did all the grammar rules that were uh, that I uh, one more time again uh, was made to do at school and I had to do them. Uh, but then, uh, the older I got, the uh, more uh, interesting ways of implementing my knowledge in English uh, emerged. So I tried to uh, watch movies uh, in a native language, in, in their native language, original language, 
like in English. Uh, I try to communicate with people more, with native speakers more. I attended the speaking club uh, hosted by by native speakers in Odessa. By the way, it's the it's that speaking club you've been uh, speaking about during the interview with Karina Saruhanyan. Um, so yeah, I just I just paid attention to the language and and tried my best. But in French, it was completely another story. I learned the language in two years. Like, of course, I can't say that I am uh, 100% advanced in it for now, but I've already passed the Delph B2, like B2 level examination, uh, which is a French proficiency uh, examination, international one. Uh, and I scored quite well on them. On it, I passed it. Uh, so, yeah. And with French, I just started speaking from the very beginning. I was communicating with native speakers as much as possible. I uh, joined the language courses and attended them for like one and a half a year. And they were led only by native speakers. And again, I was lucky enough to have uh, about three people in a group who were quite shy. And they didn't want to talk to our teacher, to our prof, let's say like this on a French manner. Um, so yeah, I had no other option but to to speak my mind to our teacher. Uh, and yeah, like petit à petit, I achieved success. Thank you. And now I noticed you said three times, I have been lucky or you spoke about being lucky. Tell me more. Why do you say that? Because even when you said something very normal, which is you said, oh, I am a better dancer than I was before. You said, I don't want to sound overconfident. So I don't know whether it's related or not. But do you believe like that hard work isn't the way to get things, that there is a lot of luck involved? Do you believe you are lucky? How does luck happen in life? And do you believe being overconfident is bad? Uh, well... Uh, there are lots of questions right now, so let's divide them slightly. Uh, let's start from my perception of luck. Uh, before, I thought that I'm completely, uh, well, that I'm not a lucky person at all. Uh, because, well, if I haven't learned something at school, for example, uh, which happened uh, which barely happened, but anyway. Uh, and the teacher is asking something. It will definitely be the thing I haven't learned. Uh, or if uh, I have to pick like one number of five and four of them would be okay, I'll definitely pick that one that is not okay. So yeah, like no luck at all. But I'm quite a superstitious person. Uh, and one day, a woman 
that I find uh, an interesting person uh, told me that um, she's somehow related to astrology or stuff, but she told me that um, she uh, had made some research on my uh, life map or something like that and that um, the universe is supporting me and of course I do not know or not but uh, the belief that um, there is there is some something somebody I don't know uh, in the universe that is uh, that is caring for you, that is supporting you, and that can help you, makes me uh, feel more confident. I do not know where, whether it is like uh, God-related or stuff, but again, I, I just feel confidence from the belief that I have something or somebody I can rely on in this universe. One second, one second, before you finish, you said when you have, you have this belief that something or someone is supporting you, you can rely on in this universe, you feel more confident, correct? Mm -hmm. And you said that one of the very important things in changing your dance ability was having confidence in order to make mistakes be real and trust that the audience will see your realness and feel your emotion, correct? Yes. So is this also related that before, when you felt unlucky, you tried to control during dance, and when you began to know you have someone to rely on, you opened yourself for mistakes, and it was related or like in parallel to the change in your dancing abilities or is it totally unrelated? Mm -hmm. uh, well, I have never thought about this before, but actually I feel like they are not related because in the first case, like the case of dancing and confidence in dancing, um, this confidence and your success uh, is only your... Uh, like it depends only on you and your actions. And when I'm speaking about the uh, like internal power or um, the power of universe that uh, helps you and supports you, uh, I mean something that I can't influence by myself. I can't control, of course, I can control some aspects of of the world let's say uh of my surrounding some circumstances that will definitely influence uh some of uh some of occasions in my life but while trusting the world and the universe and believing that uh no matter what happens everything is ha everything happens for the best and everything is going to be okay it helps you to get, uh, like, to take some sort of risky steps, or to to just yeah to just act. And uh, when it comes to dance, uh, nothing but you defines what you are gonna be and how you you are gonna look. So yeah, they are sort of 
from different. Thank you. So in dance, you are in control of many things. It's up to you. While in other areas, you try to control what you can, but a lot of it is not in your hand, and therefore something in the universe has your back and supports you, and therefore you don't feel alone, and you trust, correct? Mm -hmm. And do you just believe and feel good, or do you do steps for, for example, manifesting or uh, like affirmations or goal setting or something like that? Uh, well, nothing related to my manifestations. Uh, it's 100%. But talking about affirmations, uh, yeah, I, I've tried to end the visual, visualization method. Uh, I, also, I also tried it. Uh, well, to be honest, I haven't noticed any specific uh, improvements since at that time I tried affirmations or visualization. Uh, well, at this point, I feel like I should precise what I mean by these uh, terms. Uh, speaking about affirmations, it means uh, repeating yourself some positive facts or ideas uh, in order to increase your uh, increase your confidence, uh, your uh, mental strength to believe in yourself and central and with with the visualization almost the same thing but you just uh, try to uh, visualize your uh, your goals your aims like for example if you want to buy a great house uh, you should find a picture of it uh, print it out and uh, stick on the wall so that every time you look at the wall, uh, you remember about your goal and you see it just in front of you and you're like always, uh, and this goal is like always close to you. Uh, and yeah, I tried visualiza visualization practice as well. Uh, but at that time, I didn't believe that uh, it is going to help me so much. So I did it like for uh, just, I just did it. I, I didn't have any specific aims or, or stuff. Uh, and later when I noticed some uh, ameliorations in my life, uh, I didn't need to do, I didn't need to do the, those activities like visualization or affirmations anymore thank you so that was really detailed and i'm sure people who didn't know about affirmations or visualizations as much now it was a real clear clear explanation and to explore a bit more about dance do you have some memory or event or story about dancing that is something you love or a memory you think about often that is meaningful for you? Yes, I feel like I do. Uh, and actually, uh, this event happened recently. I've changed my dancing partner, which actually happens quite frequently in the dancing world. Um, so, yeah, at that point, 
when I was changing my partner, when I was like looking for a new dance partner, I thought that I'll probably finish my dancing career since uh, it was already the 11th grade and I had no uh, time to dance so much. Uh, I had to study more to prepare for uh, final examinations at school, to entering the university, etc. So, yeah, I was quite upset. I I even cried uh, while thinking about quitting dance finally. Uh, But at that time, my coach called me and uh, asked me to come to the dancing hall, like to ballroom, uh, to try to dance with another new boy. We danced, and then I found out that he was not from Ukraine. He is from Mol- he was from Moldova, and that he hasn't been dancing for one year and a half. To make a small remark here, uh, for us not practicing dancing for more than two weeks is already a catastrophe. Uh, so, like, the pause for one year and a half uh, is appeared in my mind as a complete tragedy. And I was sure that we won't dance in a couple and I'll finally quit dancing. But at that time, my mother told me something about trusting the world again. And I just decided to take this opportunity to take a risk and to try to. So we eventually began uh, dancing together. And from our partnership, all the transformations in both my nature, my character, the way I dance and the way I feel during dancing changed. So probably this is one of the most like pleasant memory related to dance. Thank you. It sounds really great. And I'm happy that new experience was the cause of all the changes in your nature and your emotions, etc. related to dance. And now I'm curious about something. Even if we love something, if we do it every day for years and years, there is a point where you might get emotionally exhausted or just a bit bored or something like that. You said that if you took two weeks without dancing, that will be absolutely a tragedy and catastrophe or one year and a half even worse. So when you get, if you do, to that point where dance feels like a shore, (laughs) how do you do to renew your love and passion for it? Well, you know, I actually take a small pause, but in two or three days, I feel like I'm missing them so much that I start dancing while walking somewhere, while shopping, like people, they are like, they become so mad when I, when I stand and when I'm trying to like grasp some apples in the supermarket and I eventually start dancing and I can hit uh, somebody, okay, uh, accidentally. Uh, Yeah, so like your nature that is related to dance 
uh, will never let you let you go. So yeah, like dancing, it's like in your heart, in your body, and you cannot get rid of it. I I think like this. Thank you very much. And you do a lot of stuff. And I'm happy you had a lot of success academically, etc. I'm sure some people might be curious. Maybe some people want to become better students or more productive or understand from you. How are you able to be so productive? How do you organize your day and time? How do you manage your energy? And what are your tips and lessons or secrets for better productivity? Uh, a great question, actually. Well, I feel like you should start from acknowledging the specific things about your own organism. Uh, for example, in my case, I'm mostly productive in the morning. Like, I can do both physical activity and mental activity in the, in the morning or afternoon, something like that. But in the evening, I feel less productive and less active uh, to do something. So knowing this specific aspect about me, uh, I can schedule my day so that the things I prioritize doing that are really important for me uh, would be... Uh, would be done in the morning or in the afternoon. And uh, less important things would be done later, like in the evening or stuff. And speaking about tips, I probably advise to, to give yourself a rest as frequently as possible. Because, you know, when I was watching some motivational YouTube videos or listening to other bloggers or just people who gave some advice uh, to, to people uh, who wanted to find or increase their motivation or productivity, I always found them advising to take a rest. But I faced another problem. If you are taking a rest, it's quite harsh to stop uh, feeling relaxed and to start working again. So I worried about this up to the point when I realized that it's actually okay. And uh, the quantity of pauses you take uh, depends on your activity and your productivity during the uh, things you do. Like... Of course, if you have uh, so many plans and activities and you're uh, like always rushing somewhere in a nonstop regime, uh, you'll need to take more uh, pauses and time for relaxation than the people who, uh, who just have like two or three points on their schedule or on their to-do lists. So, yeah. I advise to remember that taking a pause and taking a break is always okay to uh, listen carefully uh, to your organism, to your body and to your feelings and to, yeah, to like trust yourself. <laughs> Thank you. 
you said many things and I loved a lot of them, especially to notice which time of the day you're most productive, to do the highest priorities and during those times to take rest in proportion to your activities. So if you're working harder, rushing a lot, you should rest more and to understand that rest will give, make you more productive and to trust yourself, correct? Mm-hmm. And another thing, which is, I believe, okay, first, if you were to give from all these lessons that you have been learning about life, some advice to any person who feel, maybe you feel that advice can help them in life or give them a better perspective or a better way of living, what would this advice be? So that is one question. The second, and it's related to productivity, because a lot of people have this mindset of instant results and instant gratification. Mm -hmm. Are you patient? Do you go and try to look for like 1% improvement and think that results will happen over years? Or are you also the same where like, if you don't see big results in three months, you're frustrated? (laughs) Well, thank you so much for questions. First of all, they are all amazing. Uh, Well, Let's start from the first one related to the piece of advice to people uh, in general. Well, my advice would be if you have an opportunity, take it. Think less and just take it. And you'll see how your life would change for better. This is my answer for the first question. And related to the second one, uh, I'm not... Uh, the person who wants to achieve um, big results in a second, since I realize quite well that big goals require big efforts and big amount of time. But unfortunately, when it comes to dancing, uh, this, um, this mindset doesn't always work. Like uh, people want want to see the result here and now and you should like adjust to it so yeah i feel like i am i'm not of this mindset but speaking specifically about dance i feel like i should change my mindset and to prioritize a quick result here and now than a long perspective since uh time flies uh i get older <laughs> i change the category of um of my dancing i mean um i compete uh with guys who are older and older and therefore who are better and better in dancing which is why i have no time to i have not yeah i have not enough time to um, think about the long perspective i should have the result here and now but it's not always the case it's only specifically about dancing and when it comes to other spheres of life it doesn't work like that thank you i had an interview with one amazing ukrainian gymnast and what she said is how she approaches it 
is she imagines she's at home doing her gymnastics mm-hmm. during competitions. And that helps her do a much better job and always feel that she's not even competing. She's just having fun and noticing improvements in herself. I don't know whether that would work for you or because dance, you could be seeing all around you, the competitors. It's not as easy as doing it if you're two together, you and your partner or even alone. And to ask you, what kind of subject or topic for university is something that draws your interest and you feel you will find yourself if you were to study? And do you believe, and many people were saying, that the educational system in Ukraine requires people at 16 to make life decisions that that are not appropriate, that they should have had like a way to slowly learn more about the possibilities, try different things before committing, rather than choosing now something that they will do for life. Do you agree or disagree with the fact that could be a not optimal way to ask a teenager to make a life decision? And since you're in the time of making it, what kind of topic or area of study attracts your interest? Uh, well, so speaking about the educational system in Ukraine, I partly agree with the statement that our system is organized uh, slightly inappropriately, would I would say like this, uh, and mm, that it requires us to make a life decision. But, well, nobody requires us to make a life decision at 16. Like, even um, if we're speaking about the division of faculties uh, in universities, we always have the possibility to uh, to change university, to change the faculty just uh, as it is abroad. So I feel like those people who who say like this, that our system uh, is not uh, so great, uh, they are themselves quite unready for the changes. So they say that uh, something is wrong with the system, uh, while in fact something is wrong with their mindset. Um, but this is just my opinion, uh, because... I feel like those people who uh, who want to change something uh, and who uh, will understand at some point of their life that they are not in the right place, uh, well, nobody uh, won't allow them to change uh, the circumstances in their life. So everything is solvable. Um, and speaking about the directions that attract me the most, um, I'm quite interested in math and economics and everything that is related to this. Uh, I love business, but I don't sense myself as entrepreneur uh, myself. So I want to be related to business, but on uh, on the other side of it like when it comes to uh, 
money, finance, uh, probably the strategies of its uh, its um, developing, yeah, its developing process, etc. Thank you. I can notice your mindset of improvement or in these areas of life you said the only place it is a bit missing is in dance because you have older and older competitors and therefore they're better and better and therefore you need more improvements in order to keep your results and to stay competitive i understand that very well and i feel this is a wonderful interview so to end here alika can you share any projects that you might be involved with? And if people want to follow you on social media or to message you, what is the best social media to do that? And I will write it in the description as well. Well, uh, so I don't want to predict anything, but uh, for now I'm trying to um, to be more socially active and to try to help people uh, in need somehow. Uh, so uh, I'm trying my hand in volunteer work. Um, as you mentioned uh, before, Isis, I am a engine program volunteer that is helping students from Ukraine ameliorate their um, English-speaking skills. Um, in order to broaden their horizons and to um, make more like more possibilities for self-development for them. Um, and also I have a, some projects on my mind that are also related uh, with uh, like charity, uh, but I don't want to reveal all my secrets here. So if anybody is interested, um, they can text me preferably on Instagram. Uh, the link will be provided, I think. Um, and um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Thank you very much, Alika. It was my pleasure, my privilege and my honor and really a lot of fun. And I send you really great energy, harmony, good vibes, and the best wishes on your dance, in your education, and in your success. Thank you. Thank you, Aziz.